1: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
0: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, and there's Charles W. Chuck Bryant, and there's Jerry, and this is Airbags. Airbags edition. I'm surprised we hadn't done this one yet. It seems so. Stuff you should know it does, and it's just been sitting out
1: there, ready. To explode in your face. <laughs> yes.
0: Hopefully in the best way possible.
1: Uh, and I also had a bit of a hard time because this article we should mention is uh, from Marshall Brain, who was the original uh, inventor of the HowStuffWorks website yeah. 90 years ago. In his kitchen. Yeah. So he used to write everything. Yep. And then, boy, it's been through so many changes since then. But this article that was... Uh, like he keeps talking about like looking forward to 1998 yeah. and what what's in store for us. Yeah, so it was kind of hard to find out what was still legit and what wasn't. But I got the nuts and bolts of it. I think
0: what's weird is it seems like a lot of the regulation is exactly the same. Yeah, which is I mean I like I I ran into the same thing too. Like I I go look up stuff and I'd be like, well wait, they're saying the same thing. But this says 2016 or 2018 or something. I yeah. don't think regulations have changed all that much.
1: I think you're right. I got tripped up a little bit with the um, factory-installed off switch uh-huh. for passenger side, and I finally figured all mm-hmm. that out, I think.
0: Oh, good. Save it. It's yeah. gold. It's right. so exciting, <laughs> Guys, gold. Just wait. <laughs> What's weird is this is a stuff-you-should-know topic, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Um, I just realized how boring stuff-you-should-know can be. <laughs> Uh, Chuck, let's start with history, shall we? Yeah. So, uh, apparently, uh, when I think of airbags, I think of like the 90s. That's airbag era to me. Mm-hmm. Um, no, there have been airbags in cars in the United States going back to the 70s as far as like mass-produced commercially available airbags, especially driver side. And then I think even a little later in the 70s, um, passenger-side airbags came around. I had no idea. You know, uh, well, you hate Chevy Chase, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Have you ever seen Vacation, the first one? Sure. Well, there's an airbag in there. That was 1983. Oh, yeah? He, he jumps over the gulch and crashes uh-huh. his car, and as he's opening his door, the air, quote unquote, airbag goes off, right? which is clearly like a trash bag. And it's clearly coming from outside the car on the ground because <laughs> he opens the door and it comes up really quick uh yeah like they couldn't figure out a way even in
0: 83 to make it look like it came out of the steering wheel right the director was like is that what an airbag looks like and the special effects guy's like do you know what an airbag looks like no yeah and do you have any more blow <laughs> right.
1: um i don't know if that was chevy chase based or just making movies in the 80s making movies in the 80s the cocaine reference
0: oh yeah that was
1: everything in the 80s okay <laughs> <laughs> um But apparently, when was it, 1953, Uh that an engineering tech from Pennsylvania named John Hetrick put a patent on a design uh, for what he called a safety cushion assembly for uh, automotive vehicles. He said automotive. Maybe that's where he went wrong. Right. (laughs) Because he took it to Ford and GM and Chrysler. And, of course, they were all like, I mean, if you've listened to our Pinto episode, they're like, "Uh, we got cars that are killing Burning people alive, <laughs> right? You think we care about your airbag? Yeah,
0: they there was. He just got crickets back. Yeah, he got nothing, and it stayed that way until another guy from the Pinto <laughs> episode, Ralph Nader, um, wrote in his book Unsafe at Any Speed that uh, airbags, along with seatbelts, in conjunction with seatbelts, would save lives mm-hmm. big time. Yeah, and he was right. Actually, even still to this day, um, the the sweet spot for surviving a terrible crash mm-hmm. is a seatbelt. And an airbag, both working perfectly to save your life. That's right. But the, the idea behind um, airbags was, well, seatbelts, I think, became uh, um, part of federal regulations mm-hmm. in, in the United States in, I think, 1965, 67 As in installed, but but like no one wore them. Right. There was no law that said you had to wear them for many, many years. And so only about a quarter of Americans wore them. So people were still dying in car wrecks, even though their cars had seatbelts because they weren't wearing them because they were idiots. So people said, well maybe we'll put in these airbags. These are passive safety features. A seatbelt is technically an active safety feature because unless you have one of those what was Uh, it, a Honda Prelude (laughs) where like you'd open the door and the seat Uh the the shoulder belt. Yeah. Uh And then you close it and it go over you. (laughs) Forgot about those. Even still you had to do the lap belt part yourself. So that's technically active. You have to do something to put it on. Uh, A airbag is different, where you are just sitting there and it does it, whether you want it to or not. Mm. It's a passive safety feature. So they said, "Well, maybe if we put airbags in, it will save lives." And so they started putting airbags in.
1: Yeah, and then I'm sure even back then there were people that like government regulating socialists trying to save me. Yeah, can't even turn off this airbag. That's a good Waylon Jennings. I wish I could do a good Waylon Jennings. I wouldn't be doing the show. I should be out on the road. Really? With my act. Oh, yeah. That hurts. <laughs> I'd bring you along. Oh, okay. You'd be little Waylon. I'd say Waylon Jennings. <laughs> um, so I think uh, starting in what? 1998. Like they started putting them out and finally in the 70s and right. the 80s. But yeah. in 1988 is when they said. Would I say 88? Uh-huh. Yeah, 98 is when they said, finally, all new cars got to have these airbags. Yeah. For, for the frontal airbags, at least.
0: For the driver and the passenger side frontal airbags. Yeah,
1: it was still a little bit before the side impact bags were mandatory.
0: And they said, okay, well, everybody's saved. The world is saved because we have airbags now, so no one's ever going to die in a crash. And then people started saying, wait a minute, um... I, I just read about this person who was in a fender bender and their airbag went off and it killed them. Yeah. What about that? And so they started looking into airbags a little bit and they said, oh, okay, well, maybe this is something what you call a work in progress. Yeah. And still to this day, airbra- airbag technology, this passive safety technology, is a work in progress because part of airbag technology is also educating the public mm-hmm. in how to use it correctly. Because an airbag is not... A soft little pillow that you you're like well I, after this crash I, I guess I'll just take a nap here. <laughs> it's a it's a it's basically like a, a punch to your face yeah that inflates very quickly um, and is meant to keep you from eating the steering column, which apparently you can do in a high enough speed crash. Your seatbelt, even when you're wearing it correctly and mm-hmm. you're sitting where you're supposed to be. You can still be forced into the steering column. Yeah. The point of the airbag, especially for the driver, is that you, um, it, it provides a barrier between you and the steering column. It's not a comfortable barrier, but it's a barrier that will keep your chest from caving in.
1: Yeah, and obviously people are more at risk if you're, um, you know, let's say you're a little short stuff and you got to hike that seat way forward. Yeah. In order to drive, you're that much closer physically to the steering column. Uh-huh. Um... And so the airbag is meant to, I mean, it's meant to help everyone, but especially like people that are too too close for comfort.
0: Yes, but if you're sitting too close to the steering column, it can hurt you. Yeah, I think what do they say? Ten, get yourself ten inches back at least. Yeah, oh, wait, we're getting way ahead of ourselves here. All right, ten inches, everyone. It is ten <laughs> inches. You're right. So um, let's talk about let's talk about the original um, idea for the airbag. Okay, it was. You take a thing of compressed gas mm-hmm. and you have it attached to like basically a balloon or a bladder or something like that. Or in vacation, a hefty bag. Yeah. And uh under the right circumstances, like maybe a crumple, it that that compressed gas is it triggered and it blows up the, the balloon and you're saved. The problem is is there's a lot of issues with this setup. Number one, it doesn't work fast enough. The still? Com- the compressed gas still does not work fast enough this is original technology oh okay like the stuff they were working with in the 70s mhm they they didn't they had an idea that they wanted a, an inflatable bag but they didn't know how to do it quite yet so the original idea was compressed gas right you know like um like a nit- like are uh, like a wippet a giant wippet like your whippet? You know. Like what I've got in my wh- over here on the desk? The whippet you do in between <laughs> during ad breaks <laughs> with your cracker. Yeah. Imagine the, a cracker and a giant whippet okay. in your steering column. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Uh-huh. Uh, that was basically the idea at first. And so, one, the, that whippet wouldn't inflate the bag fast enough. That's a big problem because if it doesn't inflate fast enough, not only does it not keep you from hitting the steering column, it can actually make it worse. There's this – I think it's like – Ten amazing facts or something about airbags mm-hmm. on Jalopnik, and they have a video on there. It's That's a side a by site. side. It is mm-hmm. side by side of uh, crash tests with the crash test dummies. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean the band? Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know they what were like, "We're that. so tired of the, <laughs> your music. Get in this car." So they, um, they, it's side by side with crash test dummies, and one is uh, an airbag that deploys. in in the right time. Mm -hmm. The other one is an airbag that deploys late. And the one that deploys late, the the dummy's head goes forward, right? Mm -hmm. And then right when it's about to hit the steering wheel, the airbag inflates. Mm. And it crushes the guy's head backwards at like a a 90-degree angle to where it's supposed to be. Yeah, And um, you're just like, oh, that's what happens if the airbag deploys late. So... The timing is really everything. So the idea oh, yeah. that it would deploy late or not fast enough was not only not good enough, it was actually dangerous.
1: Yeah, because the, the whole idea here, and sweet Marshall brain includes a whole bit on, you know, the physics of a car crash. Yeah. But it's worth noting that, you know, when you're driving and you hit something that's um, uh, with your car, like head on, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, e- everything wants to come to a complete stop that's in that car. Right. Including your body mm-hmm. and your face, Right. Uh, so you've you've only got a certain, a very, very, very small amount of time to get that bag fully safely inflated. Uh, as as your head is doing its final, like, all right, this is where I want to stop. Right. Exactly. Its final
0: resting point. So let's take a break. Okay. And we'll talk more about the physics of the car crash after. It all right. <laughs>
2: There's joy in every journey.
0: So, Chuck, you were saying, like in a car crash, the car stops almost instantly. Yeah, from everything I've seen, like it's it, it's so close to instantaneous that. The shorthand is it stops instantly but you're still moving forward. Yes. That's the point of your seatbelt is to hold you in place, but the the seatbelt can cause all sorts of damage in and of itself. Yeah. But it's still better than just flying un unbuckled into the steering column. Yeah, but like you can't um
1: it takes time to stop everything. Right. It's it is not in instantaneous.
0: No, if it were instantaneous, you would crumple like the car. Right. So you want they you want to be slowed down, at, in a in a way that's so fast that you don't hit the steering column, but in but is gentle enough that it doesn't just cr- like cut you in two. Basically, yeah. Okay. Very that's, tricky. It is extremely yeah. tricky. So what they found out is that if you inflate an airbag, you have to first of all the airbag uh, is big enough. That it basically halves the distance between you and the steering column that it's trying to protect you from.
1: Yeah, which is good, but that also means your face is that much closer,
0: uh-huh. which shortens that time even more. Shortens the time that it can it can deploy in. And again, remember, when you're talking about compressed gas, it just wasn't fast enough. So they figured out that you need to have an airbag, basically get the input that um, a crash is happening. mm mm-hmm and then deploy within about 30 thousandths of a second. So if you take one second, Mm -hmm. you chop it into 1,000 equal parts, Mm -hmm. you would tick off 30 of them Mm -hmm. and still have 970 left in that second. Mm before that airbag's done deploying. Yeah. That's how fast they have to deploy, which is astounding. It's amazing that they can do that, but they can do it. They finally figured it out. And the way that they figured it out was instead of using compressed gas, using basically the same thing that they used to power rockets, basically solid rocket fuel.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's you sent that – was that Vice? You sent that one
0: article? No, it was a Scientific American.
1: Yeah, yeah, where they basically said – for all practical purposes is a a small explosion goes off. Oh, that one was wired. Oh, yeah, wired. Yeah. Yeah, like a small explosion goes off in your steering wheel mm-hmm. or I guess on the passenger side in the in the dashboard right. to make this happen. And that in and of itself is is can be dangerous.
0: It definitely can be. And um they've actually kind of got the chemistry down so that uh it's as non-dangerous as possible when everything's working correctly. But they start with Something called sodium azide, yes, which is basically um, sodium and a uh, nitrogen compound. And it, uh, when it's just sitting there in its powdered form, it's pretty stable. It's fine, but if you apply enough heat to it, I think three hundred degrees Celsius, yeah. which is pretty hot, it it breaks down. It it decomposes, and when it decomposes, it breaks into two different things. One is nitrogen gas, and the other is um, sodium just plain old sodium metals. And the nitrogen gas gets way bigger than the little handful of sodium azide that it grew from.
1: Yeah, the nitrogen is what is in that bag, essentially, like filling it up so
0: quickly. Right. The, the nitrogen gas that, that grows. Yeah, but isn't azide, sodium azide toxic, so they have to add other things in there? So the sodium azide itself isn't toxic, mm-hmm. but the sodium metals that is a byproduct uh, once it ignites, yeah. they're not actually toxic either. But when they combine with water, like right. water vapor in the air, it becomes sodium hydroxide. A.k.a. lye. Right. So you don't want lye flowing through the passenger compartment because no. you're going to get chemical burns right after your airbag goes off. Yeah. So they add other stuff like uh, potassium nitrate, I believe, mm-hmm. to um, combine with the salt, the sodium, um, to render it inert and then actually produce even more nitrogen. Right.
1: So it's filling up a bag made of uh, nylon fabric that is folded into that steering wheel.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, I think there's like talcum powder and stuff.
0: Yeah, to keep it supple.
1: Yeah. And if you've ever, uh, I mean, I've never had an airbag deploy, thankfully, while I was in a car. But uh, I know that powder is like a big part of it, right? Right. From what I hear. Yeah, that's what I hear. Uh, And then there's a sensor. Like, here's the thing. Everything has to go perfectly because you don't want it to go off when it shouldn't. Um, because that's no good. Right. So I think it has to be. Is it still accurate to say it's ten to fifteen miles an hour hitting
0: a fixed like wall, essentially? I that was I think that's nineteen ninety eight rules. All right. Is I, it? They've decompressed that since then. They have it. It's it's much less um, rigid. Okay. So when you when your car hits something and stops suddenly, there's an accelerometer. Yeah. That's measuring the deceleration and like five different factors. Okay.
1: Yeah, like you just went from 30 to zero
0: so fast. Right. We know that you've been in a wreck. And it's measuring not just this direction, but also that direction and that direction to make sure that what's going on is an actual, like, frontal crash. It sends this data, this raw data to a microcontroller, little tiny computer in Mm -hmm. your car. Actually, that's part of the airbag um, assembly. Mm -hmm. And the microprocessor runs this data through an algorithm. The algorithm decides whether it's a, a... front end crash or not, mm-hmm. and if it is, then it deploys the airbag. What it does is it sets off an electric circuit, which goes and ignites a little charge, which blows up that sodium hazide, which then blows into nitrogen gas. It's crazy. All of this happens <laughs> in 30 thousandths of a second.
1: Yeah, like if you ever, I mean, we've certainly gone over enough uh, amazing, like, inventions of mankind uh-huh. through the show, but if you ever doubt just how brilliant Humankind is like look at the airbag,
0: especially engineers. You know it's unbelievable off.
1: to to walk that line of doing this safely because they could have given up and been like, "Geez, I don't think we can." There's no way we can get it done that fast, that sure. safely. Yeah, like let's think of another idea.
0: Yeah, but they were like, "Nope, let's stick with the airbag."
1: Nader's on us.
0: They said, "Go get the engineers." <laughs> so th- that's the new way of doing it. Apparently, the old way, according to Canada's transportation website. There would be a a little hollow tube with a ball bearing held in place at the end by a magnet. really? And when the car was hit hard enough, the ball bearing would be jarred loose from its position. One hopes. roll roll down the <laughs> yeah. right, yeah, roll down the tube, and then um, complete uh, an electrical circuit that would send the ignition. Or ignite the ignition charge.
1: Wow. That sounds too much like a Rube Goldberg machine. It def- definitely does. I think they're like, we
0: can improve on this.
1: Yeah. Jeez. That's scary. Um, all right. So I guess we should talk a little bit about the, the 10 inches and the safety concerns. Right. So uh, apparently placing yourself 10 inches from your steering, the front of your steering wheel, the the center, I guess, mm-hmm. where that thing pops out. Is plenty of room because they say the first uh, – the risk zone is two to three inches. Right. Uh, so they say get back at least 10 inches. And if you're like my mom who's a little short stuff and, like, every time I go to move her car, I'm just like, are, are you kidding me? And I'm not even big and I'm like, I can't even get in the thing. Um, but they say to scoot back as far as you can and still drive normally. Uh, and then uh, if you need to even tilt that seat back a little bit yeah, just to get yourself in that sweet spot.
0: Yeah, if you if you have to be if your seat has to be as close as possible, at least tilt your your chair back. Yeah. And then if you can get it further back, but now you're too low, you need if you can raise your seat automatically do that, too. Yeah. Marshall Brain even says get a pad to sit on if you have to. And I, it's true. <laughs> you want, I also want to tilt your steering wheel so it's facing your chest rather than your head.
1: Yeah, which is, I mean, surely you do that anyway.
0: I, I actually went and double-checked mine. I was like, oh, okay, I do. Yeah, I'm a tilt down all the way I am just because it's more comfortable. Right. Um, but some people, I think, have it upward, and it's just yeah. sitting there blasting. Like you're right, driving a bus. Waiting. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like you're driving in front of a loaded gun. Yeah. With your face in front of a loaded gun. So you want to do it correctly because you kind of are. Uh, for kids, there are a whole host of concerns for children.
1: Uh, And airbags have killed children uh, in the past. And, I mean, go and look up all the rules yourself. Don't base your life and your children's safety on anything we say. But I think that – I think the current laws or recommendations are um, if you're under 12, you, you should be in the back seat, period. Yes. Like you shouldn't be riding in the front seat, which is way different than when we were kids.
0: Oh, yeah, you'd be, like, bouncing around, like, with your hands on the dashboard. as, like, a five-year-old. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just crazy how it used to be. Yeah. Man, it's unbelievable. It's uh, unbelievable that any of us survived to this point. Yeah, that's true.
1: Uh, But that's when I got a little bit confused about the passenger side on-off switch, because starting at a certain point, they said, all right, if you want to get an aftermarket switch built in, to turn off uh, your airbag or the passenger side, uh-huh. you have to fill out this application and have a specific um, qualifying. I guess would you call it a hardship? Hardship or uh, just, just a, reason?
0: Yeah, a reason.
1: That's a good way to put it. From and they range from like medical conditions, sure, just to being too small. I think too, right?
0: Or to having a car where the the back seat was too small to put a rear facing right um, uh, kid seat. Yes. Yeah. Uh If your car was too small and you had to put your kid's kid's seat in the front passenger um in, in the front passenger uh seat, it's yeah. it was actually preferable to not have the airbag there
1: yeah, and this is where i why I got confused <laughs> is because my pickup truck has that on off switch mm-hmm. factory installed right, and I was just like, no,
0: it's just factory installed in my truck that's nineteen ninety eight talking
1: well, what it is is uh I think all pickup trucks had them. Even though I could fit a kid seat because I have the little – the back seat thing. Mm-hmm. I could fit a kid seat rear-facing in my truck. Oh, wow. In the back seat. It's a giant truck. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, my big, my big dually.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Emily saw one of those on the road the other day. She's like, ah, why does anyone need those extra tires in the back?
0: Are those 450s, Ford 450s?
1: I don't know. But I was – you know, the duallys with the four wheels I'm in the back. Sure. And I was like, it's not for show. That I think that's actual, has a reason, I think, for like heavy towing or heavy hauling.
0: Oh, I think it's for show. Sure. Is it? I think so. No, I think there's a real reason. So, you know how like no, Surely that's hum, not no all. Hummer has ever been off-road? <laughs> well, sure. I think it's a similar principle. Really? hmm all right. And and, and hold your emails. I realize that, like, the Humvee, Humvee has yeah. been off-road. Do you know the Hummer? I'm talking about the H3s. That's yeah, the I'm yellow, thinking. the bright yes, yellow one. Exactly. That's never been off-road. <laughs> right.
1: Uh, unless you count, like, parking up on the curb off-road because <laughs> right. you can't fit it into a space.
0: Out of my way, nature.
1: <laughs> um, So in 95, I think manufacturers could actually were allowed to do this. It says 98 in here, but it was a 95. Mm-hmm when, like, a pickup truck could have the manufacturer put an on-off switch in.
0: But here's the thing. So we might be confusing you at this point. Like, why would you want to turn your airbag off if it's safe? Right. Again, it depends on the situation whether your airbag's actually safe. Mm -hmm. If you have a child in a rear-facing child seat that's in the front seat, Mm -hmm. it's better to not have your airbag on. Yes.
1: And as a reminder, Operation Valkyrie, was a larger plan,
0: <laughs> sorry, you're never gonna let me live that down, are you from forty five minutes ago
1: um, right, it is sometimes more dangerous, so that on off switch
0: and the reason why i mean like there were people who were like, no, airbags kill more people than they save. That's not true, but they they there was this one study that came out of the University of Georgia in two thousand and five this statistician I can't remember her name. But she, she ran the numbers using the full data set. So, like the numbers that showed that airbags save lives, save lives if you use only crashes where there is a fatality involved. So, mm-hmm. a specific kind of crash, mm-hmm. typically a high speed crash, yeah. an airbag's probably going to save your life. What this statistician did um, was to take all crashes, um, I think it was called like crash worthy, worthiness data mm-hmm. um and it it was all crashes, which includes low speed crashes too, which includes low speed crashes where an airbag went off, and the person would have otherwise survived, but they didn't because the airbag killed them, and she found that there was a slight increase in the risk of death from Uh-oh. airbags overall, so there's a lot of like competing information, but it seems like the general consensus is that uh, under the right conditions, having an airbag in conjunction with the seat belt. Yeah, that's important. W- yeah, it's very important. Where you're sitting back far enough, at least 10 inches away, and up high enough, um, th- that that is going to increase your risk or increase your chances of surviving what uh, an otherwise fatal crash. Right. By, I think, like, 30%, basically, is the rule of thumb. Like, it increases your chances of surviving by a third. Not bad. So let's take another break, Chuck, and then we'll come back and we'll talk... More airbags. All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments, where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice.
2: Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: So we were talking about kids. Um, If you do have a kid that's 12 and up or whatever the recommendation is, Uh, It's still important, obviously, always wear that seatbelt. Yes. But also have them sitting properly. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. They talk a lot about the the fact that kids are smaller, so a lot of times they try to sit up in their seat more. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times in a crash, the kid will go up toward the the ceiling, Mm -hmm. the roof of the car, because of how small they are. And so it's really important to have your kid in that seatbelt with their butt all the way against the back of that seat.
0: Yes. And, like, staying there. Right. Right. And shutting up yep. while they're at it. Yeah. And again, back far enough, um, at least 10 inches away from the Yeah, from yeah, the put that bag. seat back all the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they the might be like, yeah, I can't see as much. But again,
1: just tell them to shut up. Yeah. You're looking after their safety. Yes. Actually, what I what I meant to say was if an airbag goes off, a child is so light that it could lift them up
0: in their seat. Right. Yeah. If they're too close. Correct. And not positioned correctly. That's right. Okay, um, I I ran across something surprising. Did you know that it's not um, mandated for cars to have airbags in Canada? In Canada, really? It is in the U.S., but not Canada. Huh? Didn't that surprise you? That is surprising. So,
1: so that's not a, a law for new cars, huh? Not. It's in Canada. like an option, I guess.
0: Yeah, they don't. It's not mandated that new cars have airbags. Say, I want a cigarette lighter and an ashtray. No airbag. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. So. You, if you paid attention to the news at all, you may have heard about airbag recalls, especially ones that were made by the Japanese firm Takata. Man, that's a big problem. I think something like 37 million reco- cars have been recalled.
1: Yeah, it said the NHS, oh, I did this in the Pinto, <laughs> yeah. the NHTSA uh-huh. said it's the largest and most complex safety recall in U.S. history.
0: Because Takata made airbags for everybody.
1: Yeah, and they made airbags that could possibly send metal shards flying into your face.
0: Yeah. I was reading about um a girl who was man, she was like a cheerleader from Oklahoma who had just graduated, was like had her whole life ahead of her. Um she was just just as sad as it gets. She went to go pick up her little brother. Um her name was Ashley Parham. She went to go pick up her little brother from football practice and I guess like got into a tiny fender bender Mm -hmm. and her airbag went off. Well, that shouldn't have killed her in and of itself. But it turns out that Takata airbags start to degrade over time. Yeah, That um, sodium azide actually becomes explosive. So when it goes off after it's aged a certain amount of time – it becomes super explosive, and it can actually blow the canister that holds the airbag and that 's the metal part and it shoots shrapnel out and apparently it got her in the neck and it was so such a, a traumatic injury that at first they thought she 'd been shot wow, and she died you know there in her car from the airbag this is the there 's millions of cars out there on the road right now with the same potential going on
1: yeah, I saw. 15 deaths, um, and then I saw another one that said 20.
0: I saw like 23, I think.
1: Yeah, so somewhere in that range is the amount of people that have been killed. Um, Just from the Takata airbags, not airbags in general. Yeah, yeah, the the recalled airbags, and yeah. hundreds and hundreds of people injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like you said, they go across, um, I don't know, every manufacturer, but yeah. most
0: Yeah, and not just American um, automobiles or Japanese even, but, that like, there was an Australian one that I saw being recalled. Like, everyone around the world used Takata airbags, and they are faulty.
1: Yeah, and, like, you should have gotten a notice by now, but take it seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that it's been slow with the fixing of it and the rollout of, you know, the ones that work. Right. It's not like an instantaneous thing to fix 37 million cars. Right. You know,
0: But even if your airbag is working correctly, there's still – remember I said that airbags are kind of a work in progress? Yeah. Uh, and part of it is educating the public. Another part of it is just making airbags better at what they do. One of the major flaws of airbags is that they are – the closer you get to a head-on collision, to a 12 o'clock yeah. collision, um, the the better they protect you. But the caveat to that is depending on how fast you're going. Right. So if you're going really slow, they can actually be really problematic because you may not even have your seatbelt on, in which case you don't want to hit an airbag without a seatbelt on, mm-hmm. especially at low speeds. Um, it can mess you up pretty good.
1: Yeah, because what you're doing there, uh, in case that ma- doesn't make much sense, you are very quickly going well within that 10-inch zone right? because of uh, no seatbelt keeping you back.
0: And then remember, it kind of like an airbag deploying too late, it can shoot your head backward yeah. and just mess you up pretty good. Um, after that, when you have a seatbelt on, or if you have a seatbelt on, even if it's 10 to 15 miles an hour, up to a certain point, say I think like 65 kilometers per hour, I'm not sure what that is in miles per hour, um, you are pretty good. You're pretty good with your with your airbag. And then after that, the crash becomes so uh, forceful Mm -hmm. that it can actually mess with the airbag deployment system and the airbag might not even go off. Wow! So there's actually just a window that airbags work well in. Mm -hmm. And one of the big challenges in the industry now is figuring out how to make them work 100% of the time in really high speed crashes too.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool and a testament to where we are with safety in the world now, Mm -hmm. Uh, and especially in the United States, that they're not just like, Yep, got, got the airbags figured out. Let's move on along. Right. and like They're sup- constantly working on it.
0: Supposedly, the National Transportation Safety Board really resisted putting on-off switch on, on cars for yeah. a long time because they were afraid that it was going to be um, – it was just going to be an easy fix mm-hmm. for problematic airbags where people just turn off the airbags rather than forcing the automotive industry to put more money and time and thought right. into making better airbags. Yeah, which is, uh, you know, it's it's a risky, gambly way of getting things done, but it's a way.
1: Yeah, and they um they work best uh like you said head on because the bumper. If you listen to our, uh, was it crumple zones?
0: Yeah, I think so. Was that a whole podcast? I think so. Is that what they were called. Yeah.
1: Um, you know that front bumper and the engine and the whole front of your car takes so much of that impact that by the time it gets to you. It's uh, it's really, really helping the airbag out. Mm-hmm. Um, side impact is, I think there are more side impact accidents and more deadly ones. Right. Because you get T-boned and it's, there is no engine, there is no bumper, just that thin door.
0: It happens much faster.
1: Yeah, super fast. So uh, there are side curtain mm-hmm. airbags now on, uh, I think, virtually, I think all new cars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and dif- depending on the manufacturer, when they were first trying to figure out how to, Implement these. They had some different strategies. Uh, I know BMW. I think actually put it in the door. Uh, Volvo. I think put it in the back seat. In
0: the back or in the of side the side of the back of the front seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the driver's
1: seat. Uh, and they've certainly helped a lot. And now, I mean, some cars these days. There are airbags all up in
0: them. Right. There's um, something called the front center airbag that comes up yep. in between the, the front passengers so they don't like three stooge knock their heads together in yeah. the middle of this. Um, there's knee, passenger knee airbags that yeah. blow up around the dashboard. Um, there's inflatable seatbelts they're working on, which is smart. Oh. Um, there's a lot of airbags that they're they're basically just trying to turn it into one giant marshmallow. Which is smart, but as long as the giant marshmallows don't also, like, knock your head off of your, your body. Right. Accidentally. Right. That's kind of the big challenge right now. Whew. Drive safe, everyone. Wear yeah. that seatbelt. Yeah. Oh, and one more thing. Um, you want to, you know how you always hear 10 and 2 is how you're supposed to drive? Mm-hmm. Not anymore. I think I've said it before. You want to drive at 9 and 3. Oh, really? Because at 10 and 2... If that airbag goes off, that hot gas can deglove your hands. Uh, you love degloving. Mm-hmm. gloving <laughs> It's your favorite horrific accident. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I'm a solid, uh, solid nooner with my left wrist. You're a dead man. Uh, or a solid six o'clock with, with with my thumb and my forefinger.
0: You can't do that. <laughs> you have to do better than that. I know it sucks to have like <laughs> nine and nine and three, but I'm telling you, you have much more control. Come on. No, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Okay, I've never okay. been in a, a bad wreck. Right. It's good. Yeah, knocking on all kinds of wood. So um, if you want to know more about airbags, go read up on it. Don't try to deploy them yourselves. It's a terrible idea. And since I said that, it's time for listener mail.
1: Um, actually, I was in a pretty decent wreck when my brother was driving. I think I've detailed that in previous shows. So oh, if, yeah. If you're well, out there. The Jeep. Yeah, if you're out there typing. But what about the Jeep incident? Which, weirdly, my rental house right now that I'm in, while well, I'm working on my house house... Is a Jeep? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it's an old brown Jeep. <laughs> uh, it's like several hundred yards from where that wreck took place. Oh, really? Yeah, and it was raining really bad the other day when I was going home. And at that very same spot, it's just... A wash It's like a river running over the road. I'm like, that's that's where it happened. Wow. It's where you hydroplane. Jeez. It's still dangerous over there. Do you like shake or anything as you go past it? No, no. Yeah. I'm good. Okay. I said just send a picture to my brother and make fun of him. <laughs> uh, I'm going to call this, uh, I don't like Dr. Seuss. Okay. That's you speaking or the author? It's the author. Because remember in the show we said, who doesn't like Dr. Seuss? <laughs> Sophia Cook does not. Okay. She gives good reasons. Uh, I always hated those books as a kid. The pictures disturbed me. Like, what were those things? My mother hated them, which is why I never saw the books until I was at a friend's house. She refused to buy them. When I asked her later, she said the poetry was juvenile uh, and unimaginative. She was an English major. And racist. Well, that too. Uh, For example, uh, Dr. Seuss would just add the same word multiple times just to meet the cadence. Uh, this is what fifth graders do when they can't keep up with more word when they can't come up with more words. Wow, this is harsh. She said, "I know because I taught poetry to fifth graders." Uh, she said, "For example, from Redfish Bluefish, uh, some come a long, long way. Some are very, very bad. All he does is yell, yell, yell. He likes to drink and drink and drink." It's pretty juvenile when you think about it.
0: Oh, is that an actual one? Fi- Redfish Bluefish. Yeah. Line? Oh, okay. Yeah, she's
1: citing that as an example. Yeah. Okay. She said, then there's uh, the lazy poetry method. Uh, If you can't find a word to rhyme, just make one up. Ugh. Cans. Rhymes with zans. (laughs) Bump. What are those? (laughs) Bump. Well, of course, you have to make up a wump. Blech.
0: What about blech?
1: No, she's saying blech.
0: I know. That's a made up (laughs) word. I don't know. I'm feeling defensive right now for some weird... Uh,
1: I'm a book editor now, guys. I hate this stuff more now than when I was a kid and felt dis- and just felt disturbed by the strange drawings. Just thought I'd weigh in, because not everyone likes Dr. Seuss. Uh, he happened to be in the right place at the right time. Book publishing is a fickle and strange business. Many fantastic writers never see the light of day, and some truly author- uh, awful authors make it big. Uh, that awful... <laughs> oh, she, she's bagging on Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, okay. I won't say what she said. Okay. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys, and thanks for the stuff. Uh, I'll always keep coming back. That is from
0: Sophia Cook. Who Uh, read a book about a (laughs) nook. (laughs) And all that gobbledygook. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Sophia. So her, Dr. Seuss to her, is like the way I was raised with Chevy Chase. I guess so. Who just made another appearance in this episode. I know it. Uh, Well, if you want to get in touch with us to let us know about someone you were raised to dislike strongly by your parents, we don't use the H word here. No. You can uh, visit stuffyoushouldknow.com. Check out our social links on that site. You can check me out at thejoshclarkway.com. And you can send Chuck, Jerry, and me an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. For more
2: on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com.